Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. I'm Andrew Cook. It's good that you could join me. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, explained in a Pastor Talks. And more on angels and demons in the series on the spirit world. To begin with, here on Serving Today, we're joined by Malcolm Ryan in the series of Pastor Talks. Perhaps you find the last book of the Bible, Revelation, a bit hard to understand. Well, it's always good when someone you trust can explain what it means. Obviously, we're not going to think about the whole book in today's programme, but Malcolm Ryan is focusing our attention on one well-known part of it. So here he is. Looking for a moment at what's known as the end times, someone might ask, who are the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Well, these four horsemen, as described in Revelation chapter 6 verses 1 to 8, are symbolic descriptions of different events taking place during the end times. The first horseman is mentioned in Revelation 6 verse 2, where the Apostle John writes, I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Now it's quite possible that this horseman refers to the Antichrist, who will be given authority and will conquer all who oppose him. Who is the Antichrist? He's the false imitator of the true Christ, who will also return on a white horse, as revealed in Revelation 19, verses 11 to 16. Then the second horseman of the Apocalypse appears in Revelation 6, verse 4. Here we're told, Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people slay each other. To him was given a large sword. This horseman refers to terrible warfare that will break out during the end times. The third horseman is described in verses 5 and 6, where John explains, There before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures, saying, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, and six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. This apocalyptic horseman has to do with a great famine that will take place, most probably as a result of the wars caused by the second horseman. And then the fourth horseman is mentioned in verse 8. I looked and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given the power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. This horseman is symbolic of death and devastation. Indeed, it seems to be a combination of all the previous horsemen, so bringing further warfare and terrible famines together with awful plagues and diseases. In fact, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are already riding across the earth, and following in their wake are fear, violence, economic chaos, poverty, disease, and death. To be sure, they're taking their toll, 
but more frightening is the fact that they're just the precursors of even worse judgments that are still to happen during the time of what's known as the Great Tribulation. Yet the good news to come out of all this is that a wonderful bright new world will begin after the terrible storm of these events is over. That's when the Lord Jesus Christ will return to this earth and begin to reign in power and righteousness, along with those who over the centuries have repented of their sins and trusted him as their Lord and Saviour. And at that time, the true utopia of God's kingdom will be established here on earth. And what a wonderful day that will be for God's people. A day when, as Revelation 21 verse 4 tells us, there will be no more tears, no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. We now come to our series in which we're learning what the Bible teaches us about the spirit world. We're doing that with the help of Graham Jones. If you were with us in our previous programme here on Serving Today, you'll remember that we were talking about angels and demons. Graham explained where, according to the Bible, angels come from, what the different types of angels are, and what they do. We saw that good angels help God's people. But what about Satan and his demons? What influence do they have on the world? Well, to answer that question, here's Graham. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, we're told that Satan leads the whole world astray. And so Satan and his bad angels, they oppose God and all that God is doing in this world. Satan seeks to undermine what is good and right in society. Satan is against believers and against the church. And so let's just think about these three areas of Satan's influence. Firstly, Satan opposes God. Satan works through ignorance of the truth, through superstition and the fear that it brings, and through false religions. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44, Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so ignorance of the Bible leads people astray. Superstition holds people in fear. These, these two things have all the hallmarks of Satan's work. It's the teaching of the Bible and the good news of Jesus in the Gospel that brings light and truth. But Satan also works through false religions. This includes witchcraft and idolatry, as well as pagan and occult practices. Scripture forbids witchcraft or contacting the dead. Fear of ancestors and the living dead is, is part of this. And the Bible also says that Satan and his demons can perform deceiving miracles. Let us read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. The work of Satan is displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Today we hear of people who perform miracles. God may choose to do such things, but Satan and his demons also perform miracles. 
They do miracles to deceive people. The question is not, did a miracle happen? But does the miracle lead to people loving the truth? Does it lead to people being saved and growing in repentance and faith? Does the miracle result in praise and glory being given to Jesus? Near where I live in Western Kenya, there's a site where it is reported that great miracles happened. But little praise and attention is given to Jesus. The people who gather there, they don't follow God's truth in the Bible. And so we conclude that the miracles performed there were to deceive people and to take them away from the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Satan opposes God. That's the first thing then. What's next? Secondly, Satan is against all that is holy and good. We've seen that Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44, that Satan is the father of lies. Demons lie and persuade people to believe lies. It's important that Christians do not lie to one another. We must not slander or seek to deceive or create distrust between people. We must be those who promote honesty and integrity. We must measure things by God's word. Again, in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said Satan is a murderer from the beginning. It's demons that bring violence, including sexual violence, particularly against women. Where there is much violence in society, Satan is at work. Jesus taught us to pray that we should be protected from the evil one. So we must not watch violent films or engage in violence towards others. The scriptures exhort us to live a pure lifestyle, to be faithful before and within marriage. We must be careful what we watch on social media. And because Satan is against all that is good and holy, Satan can also influence human governments, bringing evil policies, bringing corruption and unjust practices. The Bible says we're to love what is just and right. We're to speak up for social justice in our communities. We're to pray for governments and for those who lead them. We've seen then Satan's opposition to God and all that is good and holy. Is there more to the influence of Satan and his demons? Yes, thirdly, Satan is against God's people. Satan seeks to ruin the lives of believers. He uses four main strategies. He, he accuses us of our sin before God and to our consciences. He uses lies and deception to ruin relationships. He tempts us to do wrong and to follow wrong ways. And Satan makes us doubt God's love for us so that we distrust God's word. Satan in the scriptures is called a dragon in Revelation 12, verse 9. This reminds us of his malice and wickedness. He's called a serpent in Genesis 3, verse 1. This shows that he is crafty and subtle in tempting believers. He's also called a lion in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, as he is strong and seeks to devour Christians. But we remember that God is stronger. 
and God has provided prayer. So we must call out to God and stand firm against Satan's schemes. Graham, what would you like to say about angels and demons as we close? As we close, let us, let us remember that although Satan and his demons are strong, God is stronger. James tells us to resist the devil. He says in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. We resist the devil by drawing near to God. Drawing near to him in prayer, in reading his word, the Bible, and in meeting with God's people. And then we will find that God will draw near to us because Jesus is stronger. What a good way to end our time together here on Serving Today. We hope that you found that to be an encouragement. If you would like to comment or ask any questions, then do get in touch with us. Our details follow in just a moment. So until next time, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May we entrust ourselves to the power and strength of Jesus Christ, our Lord. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk or find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.